It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about your empowerment with knowledge so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our main website. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to save money each and every day. Coming up in today's Clark Rage, you're told you fill out this survey and it's anonymous. No one will know it's you. Wait till you hear what I got to tell you in today's Clark Rageous moment. And coming up yet later, you got a problem with the company. You need to call customer no service. I got new information for you about when is the best time to call customer no service that you're not going to be on hold listening to bad music forever. I want to talk right now about something that I first talked about Gosh, was that spring of last year? It's been a long time. It was when T-Mobile said they wanted to buy Sprint. And it's been sitting there month after month after month now, over a year. And it's never gotten to be a real deal because there's a lot of concern about us going from four cell phone providers in the United States to three. And the Justice Department signaled a while back that they would not approve us going from four to three, which I think is great because in every other country where cell phone providers have gone from four to three, it's led to much, 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 much higher prices for cell phone service. So the fourth player really matters, which is interesting because There's an old rule in capitalism that you learn about in business school called the rule of threes, that most industries end up with three strong players, and that having three strong players leads to meaningful innovation and price competition. But for some reason, the cell phone industry defies that and has been found around the world. You've got to have that fourth player. So T-Mobile really wants to take over Sprint badly. So they've reached a deal that is uh, pretty much certain to happen, even though a number of state governments have filed lawsuits against a merger. And the deal is really convoluted, but has really good things for you and me, and will lead to continued and even possibly enhanced price competition For cell phone service, more importantly, it's going to lead to a new era of competition for connections to homes and small businesses for high-speed internet at your home and at businesses where you'll no longer be in the hammerlock hold of a monopoly cable company. So how in the world did they come up with a way to have four providers instead of after this merger having three? Well, the DISH network people have a huge amount of wireless spectrum that they've never been able to figure out a way to use. And so as part of this deal, Boost Mobile, which is a prepaid brand of Sprint, is going to become its own standalone brand owned by DISH network. Initially, they will be like any other reseller. They will use the network backbone of Sprint and T-Mobile to offer service while they're building out their own wireless network. And so 
The cool thing about this is the guy who owns Dish Network has always been a guy who's always pushed prices down in any industry he's ever been. And the guy's name's Charlie Ergen. So what will happen is that Boost will go from just being a captive prepaid brand to an aggressive seller of cell phone service in the country. So it means we'll keep four players. It's terrible news for AT&T and Verizon because they're now going to face a much larger T-Mobile who's always been an aggressive player. And then we're going to have this other new, very aggressive player in Dish Network under the Boost brand. And it means that these companies are going to have the size and the network capacity to offer high-speed internet to home and small businesses. So this weird deal is going to end up being really, really good for us as consumers. And it means in particular for your cell phone service, once this deal's all done and signed and underway, it means likely that in 2020, we're going to see a variety of aggressive offers for us to sign up for cell phone service. And it will be a time for you to really think like a free agent, to look and see what the marketplace is offering and not just stay a creature of habit with whoever you're with at that time. Rich is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Oh, I'm sorry, Rich, I can't go to you right now. Joel, while we're trying to fix a technical problem, let's see if we can do and ask Clark. Oh, or is Rich here? Hey, I'm here. Hey, Rich, how you doing? Hey, couldn't be better, Clark. So what's going on with you that I can serve you with today? Well, first off, I'm a big fan, and uh, we certainly appreciate everything you do with the Clark's Kids program. I didn't know, is, is that a national program? Uh, it It's a hybrid of a local and national program for people who are not aware. Uh, for the last 28 years, I have collected gifts with the help of my listeners, viewers, uh, web visitors, uh, who have donated to see that kids have gifts at Christmas. And so I'm, this year will be our 29th, and next year will be an exciting year because we'll be at the big 3-0 of collecting gifts. And over the years, our listeners have donated, and readers and viewers and all that have donated gifts for, at this point, um, several hundred thousand children. So yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It makes a big impact. We it's really it. great. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Well, good. Well, well I guess uh, kind of pivoting to the real estate world. I know you're always talking about the uh, the pitfalls of moving. Got a kind of unique situation with my folks. I'm uh, ready. My dad. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. My, my dad is 86, and they've lived in their home for 35 years, and they are being moved uh, not by their own choice. Uh, we've got a state road project. They live very close to a major highway, and that road project is widening and adding express lanes. And so uh, they were approached, and sure enough, about half of their neighborhood is going to be purchased, and they're part of that. And so I guess I'm just hoping to get your 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 ideas on how we can make sure they receive a, a fair value for their home, and uh, there's, there's moving packages and relocation packages, and it, it could be kind of overwhelming on that side. All right, so number one, the experience around the country is that when state and local governments 
acquire land for for a road widening project, the offers they make are way lowball offers for the mm-hmm. land of the homeowners that they buy. And okay. people who don't know to fight back against that offer end up losing a great deal of money and there's no way for you to recoup it later once you've said yes. Sure. So what you need to help your dad do is hire a real estate appraiser to come okay. in and establish fair market value on his home. Now the thing is in the neighborhood there may already be real estate appraisers that others have hired who've already done some of the digging and intrinsic values in the neighborhood and it would be great to piggyback and look at who others have hired already who've already done some of the work and hire to come up for a value for your dad's home. I can see that. That makes sense. I, I guess my concern, Clark, is that they've been having projects or work done for about two years around the neighborhood now. So I know that the home values have really dropped just during that two-year period. So it seemed like it'd be difficult to find comparables for that. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, I mean, that's why appraisers do what they do. Okay. So they might take a wider sweep outside the immediate streets, look for equivalent neighborhoods nearby, and try to come up with values that mitigate what's already happened to uh, reduce the value of properties and make the quality of life suffer in the neighborhood. Gotcha. That makes sense. So that's kind of what we found out. Uh, we've had uh, three public meetings and a couple individual meetings uh, with uh, the people who are purchasing. And so they keep on telling us that, you know, if you're not happy with the praised amount, possibly the best way to negotiate is using this relocation package, which kind of, as I understand, kind of is a make you whole type of package. That, have you heard of those before? Yes, I have. And again, um, I have some swamp land I'd be happy to sell you. So... <laughs> This is why you have to have your own hired professional as part of the process. Because remember, their whole interest is to reduce the cost to your local government for the land acquisitions in the right-of-way of of the widening project. So that's why their interests are totally diametrically opposed to your dad's interests. Okay, good. That's that's why you gotta you gotta lay out some money to protect the money. Sure. Yeah, and obviously a very small amount to to do that on time. And you're right. One last thing on that side. So you're right that the process is kind of strange in the fact that they they'll come back to you, they'll give you an appraised amount, and you're given sixty to ninety days to accept that. And then what they actually do is they find a comparable home which they can go ahead and close. Have a dual closing, so you could you can sell your home and purchase this other home at the exact same time. All right, so question for you, at 86, is it really appropriate for your dad to be buying another home? And I would say, in almost all cases, the answer to that would be no. Correct. Correct. And that's where we are. You're right. They don't need a a yard. They don't need as large of a home as they have. So that's our concern. Yeah, so exactly. And that's why, in this case, it really doesn't make sense to talk to them in that frame. It should only be about the value of the home and property that they are selling. Dylan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Dylan. How can I serve you? All right. So I'm 23 years old. I graduated college this past December of 2018, and I'm now working a full-time job. And 
my job offers a 401k match up to 7%. And my they do? Initial, do they match yes. you dollar for dollar to 7%? So it's actually one, it's actually a dollar for the first 1% and then 50 cents for the next six. Okay. So they're basically, yeah. you put in seven, you get 11. Yeah. Yeah. I like that 7-Eleven. So I was actually wondering if I should, at my age, should I put it towards the traditional or Roth? I know you've talked about Roth, Roth a lot. Roth, 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 Roth. There's, there's not even gray. Unless you came <laughs> out of school and you're some kind of digital whiz kid and you're making $500,000 a year, you completely, positively, 100% want to do the Roth 401k option. Okay, Awesome. Uh, my second like follow-up question was, since I'm so early like in my career, um, what are other things that you recommend that I should possibly be doing to sort of position myself for the future as far as like finance and cash flow and just things like that? Well, that depends on your goals. Like uh, a lot of people who have gotten out of school have uh, an idea that like in the next five years they're going to buy a home. I don't know if that's a priority for you or not. At this point, I don't think buying a home is necessarily my main priority, unless it would be towards I'm I'm buying it to possibly have it as like get into real estate investing. Okay, so do you have any specific goals you're trying to target in, let's say, the next five to seven years? Five to seven years, I would say that I would like to go back to school, but that's more of a side goal, financially speaking. Um, All right, I, then I've got the answer. So any additional savings you do should go in your own Roth IRA. The importance of that is if you go back to school, the money in the Roth will not be considered to be a personal asset unless the rules change by the time you go back to school. And you'll have money there that can stay in there to grow tax-free for retirement, up to $6,000 each year can go into that. But you'll have the ability, if you need the money for school tuition when you go back to school, you can withdraw your contributions, none of your earnings, but your contributions tax-free and uh, penalty-free as well, and use it towards school costs if you wanted to. Or you can just leave that money in and let it continue to grow as a retirement asset and the fact that you've started all this at 23 and you're looking at saving money is an enormous enormous help for you good job it's time for today's clark rageous moment and this is something that is a bit of a stunner it's just been published in the journal nature communications it was research done by scientists at the university in london and a university in Belgium, and they have they have proven that when you take an anonymous survey or somebody says the information being collected about you will be anonymized, meaning that it will not be identifiable to you, it turns out that is not true at all. They were able to prove definitively that with a certainty of 99.98%, your anonymity can be breached. So I have had a practice over the years 
that I do not fill out employee surveys because even though a company will tell you they're anonymous, they're not. If you participate in something that is a medical survey or anything like that and they're told the information being collected will be completely anonymous, they may intend for it to be, but the results may be very, very different. So the researchers publish the code that is used to uh, de-anonymize data. And why would they do that? Because they want people to be aware and they want organizations to be serious about protecting your privacy and have the code that would be used to make that possible. But not right now. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website. If you like bargains, you like deals, check out ClarkDeals.com. So you have a problem with an organization, a company, government, whatever. Do you know that there are certain times of the week and certain times of the day that you only call in for customer no service if you hate yourself? On the other hand, if you're into a lot of self-love, there are other times that are absolutely great for you to attempt to call customer no service with a company or government. Now, the funny thing is what I'm about to tell you may not work with a lot of organizations, particularly governments, because they may not answer the phone at the time I'm going to tell you. But the best time to call customer service based on an analysis of millions of customer no service calls from talkdesk.com is 7 a.m. If you're up that time of day, you calling in to customer no service at 7 will get you the shortest possible wait time on hold listening to off-key bad music where they tell you how much they value your business and that's why they're making you wait on hold. So if you call in the morning generally versus the afternoon or evening, the average amount of time you're on hold drops by 70%. So that's pretty significant. And the advantage goes to people on the East Coast because when East Coasters are up and they can make a call, you have people at the far end of the country still asleep. So they get the advantage in calling customer no service. Now, why do I call it customer no service? I don't need to explain that, do I? Because that's usually what we get when we call a company's customer service line. But in order to get the quickest customer no service, in terms of days of the week, Wednesdays and Thursdays, are far superior to other days of the week to call in. And the average wait time at the average customer no service number is 37 seconds on a Wednesday or Thursday. If you call an organization on a Wednesday or Thursday and they tell you your wait time will exceed 45 minutes, you know that's a company that absolutely is 100% totally contemptuous of you. Now, When should you never call 
unless you really, really don't like yourself. Call on Mondays if you don't like yourself. Because Monday is absolutely the worst. Now, if you've waited for a while and it's like your fifth call or tenth call to try to solve a problem, no matter what, be polite. Politeness pays. Not being a pushover, but being polite. What I call being politely persistent. Because that person you're about to talk to has nothing to do with the reality that you had all these prior problems and that nobody resolved them. Another thing, you want to write down the name of that person. Some companies give you an agent number instead of a person's name. They say, hi, I'm agent number, blah, 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 blah. You have that written down, the time and date you talk to somebody, and that can become valuable later when you call back in. The more you can be specific with the circumstances that you're calling about to try to resolve a problem, the better you're going to do. But as I have learned in my own experience, generally I do better with a customer no-service chat than I do with a phone call. And the reason I like the chat so much is you then have a record of what was discussed. Most chats with customer service give you the ability to print out the chat or save it as an email to yourself. And so if later you need to say, well, you know, in the last chat on such and such a day and such and such time, I was told this, that, and the other. And I've got it right here in front of me. And that can become very valuable. When all else fails, if you're having a problem with any form of financial institution, file a complaint at consumerfinance.gov. Banks generally are some of the most unresponsive organizations at fixing problems that exist. And so filing a complaint at consumerfinance.gov starts a countdown clock and the bank has to respond to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Doesn't mean that they will be honest in their response, but often what will happen is it will trigger a phone call from an actual bank employee instead of an outside contract call center. With many other organizations, filing a complaint with the Better Business Bureau at BBB.org will also trigger a response from an actual employee of a company you've had a problem with instead of a third-party call center. I've found that many times a complaint that I've not been able to get resolved through the contract call center gets resolved through the BBB complaint process because you're actually talking with somebody who has authority at a company to fix a problem. Karen is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Karen. Hi, Clark. Uh, thank you so much for uh, taking my question. And Certainly. just want to let you know I absolutely love your podcast and, and your positivity. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. And I understand you are interested in going to a country that I have had the privilege to visit four times in my life. Wow. Yes, we're hoping to go to Argentina um, late October and um, I'm kind of looking at flights on googleflights.com, but just wondering if there's a certain time frame where we would get the best deal. 
Well, actually, the key to saving money to South America is usually Miami or Orlando as the search for departure point instead of whatever your home city is. Okay. The reason is is that um, the South American markets are generally only competitive out of South Florida or Central Florida, occasionally out of New York, but are usually frightfully expensive departing from anywhere else in the United States. So it's crazy, but usually even when you add in the cost of flying from where you live to one of the Florida departure points Mm -hmm. and add that to the cost of a ticket to Buenos Aires, you'll find that the combination will normally be substantially cheaper than a ticket from where you live to Buenos Aires. And we're actually um, hoping to go directly to Mendoza. So I don't know if that changes. Would not that would that would even intensify the savings? Okay. Looking great. out of um, Miami, most likely, possibly Fort Lauderdale, but more likely Miami or Orlando. As far as okay. uh, you said, you're going what month of the year? Late October. Late October, you're probably going to find the best airfares come up in August. Okay. And, so like early in the month or later in the month? or You know, the, what happens is the airlines tend to look at their advanced bookings for the slow fall travel season and mm-hmm. tend to pretty much around mid-August start posting sales that are both for domestic U.S. and for international. And okay. with Google, if you start with Google Flights, you start looking at the historical average prices to Mendoza from Miami and Orlando, you'll be able to see the pattern when a deal pops up. And as you've noticed with Google Flights, you said sometime in late October, you pull up that calendar and it shows you for every departure day what the lowest Mm -hmm. fare could be and every return day what the lowest fare could be. Yeah, I love that feature. So you have a a decent shot of getting a good deal. And I subscribe to three of the airfare alert services. And I almost never see a deal on any of the three of them to Argentina. Hmm. I see deals to Brazil um, fairly regularly, but Argentina and Chile never seem to come up on the deals. Okay. So you're going to have to hunt around. Yeah. <laughs> and can I ask real quick also for the cell phone? I'm just concerned that hopefully our GPS will work there. I'm trying to get around. Um, All right. Are you here. on Are you on an Android or an iPhone? iPhone. So I don't know. I needed to know that because I actually don't know if this works on iPhones. But on Androids, you can go to Google Maps and you can download before you go and store on your phone precision maps for the areas in Argentina you're going to be. And whether you have cell signal or not, it will still GPS coordinate where you are and you would have normal mapping. Okay, and um, we're open also to use maybe Uber while we're there. It looks like they do have that service. So you can, um, when you get to Argentina, you can buy a local SIM that you would insert into your phone, into your iPhone, And you'll be able to use data, usually in most countries, 
you can buy each gig of data for about 10 US dollars. Okay. And so you just buy data as you need it as you go. And everywhere you don't need to use that data, you want to be on Wi-Fi. Okay, so we put that in and that I'm clueless on how that works, but so it would just oh, automatically would be able to have... Yeah, I it means, like it means you have a local dial tone, you'd have a different number. So the way you'd stay in touch with people back in the United States is in advance, people would download um, WhatsApp or Viber or any of the, the chat and calling apps that you can use on the data side. Uh, you have FaceTime for people who are on Apple that you'd be able to talk to them. And also Google Duo works across platforms. And so you could talk to people for free on the data side of your phone at any time as long as the people you're talking to have the companion app that I'm talking about. I know that's a lot I just threw out at you. Have a great time. John joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? Good to talk to you live. Well, great to have you here, John. And you have a question for me about the great state of Texas. I do. I invested in uh, 529 when my grandson first grandson was born. He's now six and I have a five as well. Um, and my question is, is it's done really well for me, but it's not, uh, the Texas uh, plan is not what one of those that you would normally have recommended. And I wanted to see a about that, but more importantly, do I need a separate one for the second grandson? I know that the funds are available to siblings and relatives and so forth, but I didn't know if uh, yeah you should if that was you a good should idea. not you should not diss the second grandson by not having <laughs> the second grandson having his own account. So okay. yeah, so what you do is you you kind of figure out how much money you can afford to give each grandchild, and you put the money in each of theirs, but. Texas's 529 plan is, to me, an embarrassment that one of the largest population states in the country doesn't have a low-cost 529 plan is really silly. And I don't know the background about why Texas has such a rotten, terrible 529 plan. And the reason it's rotten, terrible is the fees on it are exceedingly high. And a state with the population Texas has should be able to drive a really hard bargain with the financial houses to be able to put the the 529 business out for bid and have a really low-cost plan. So what I would recommend to you is that you move the older grandchild's account to one of the really low-cost states and then open the one for the second grandchild in one of the really low-cost states. And I've got a, if you've seen, I've got my dean's list of the really low cost plans. And there are about, I think, 11 of those. And just pick yeah. whichever one seems good to you and move that money out of Texas. It can be used okay. for college at any, any co- eligible college expense at any college anywhere in the country, including in Texas. No, that's uh, that was my intention all along, and then when I saw this up, and you may remember there was another program in Texas before that didn't end up working out, which was a very good plan, I think. That was the uh, prepaid tuition ago. plan yeah. that Texas yeah, which, found was much more expensive for it yeah. than it thought it would be, 
And so they closed enrollment to that plan and they don't let people in it anymore. And so what you're left with is this afterthought, pitiful 529 plan. And uh, Texas, you know, you, you say don't mess with Texas. In this case, don't mess with Texans. Fix this. Dennis is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Hey, Clark. I'm great. How are you? Good, thank you. You have a question for me about a company I've been yapping about since last decade. Who is it? It's Republic Wireless, and uh, you're the reason that I had purchased a, uh, my first uh, G4, I think, and now I'm up to the G6 about a year ago. Very happy with the service. It's it works perfectly for what I for my location. My neighborhood does not pick up cell phone reception very well, so I, I talk on through the Wi-Fi, and it's it's beautiful. And but do the you question I have at, is: Do you end up at twenty or twenty-five They have a promotion a right now that uh, if you prepay a ten-month subscription, you will get twelve months of service. Uh-huh. So you get two months free. And are you on the and 20 a month or 25 a month? What do you tend to spend? 20 a month. 20 a month. Yeah, and it's about 23-something with junk fees. But so it would save you basically $40 plus junk fees a year yeah. if you prepaid the year. Right. So, and uh, I just don't know if why they're doing it. Are they doing this? Maybe are they? I haven't followed the company much to see if they're in trouble or if they're just trying to promote new customers because it's really not set up for new customers right now. Sure. I don't know if I, I, I don't know anything about the internal workings of Republic Wireless, but there's been a lot of turmoil in the prepaid cell phone space. And a lot of the prepaid services like Republic Wireless are offering deals if you sign up for three months, six months or a year. And I think it's because okay. they have a much higher churn rate. In other words, the number of people who dump them is much higher uh-huh. with them than with the big four traditional carriers so i think that's probably why that they would offer a discount because then they know they've got you for a year but the risk you face as anybody does prepaying for time is if they did ever fail you're going to be out money for the all the money you prepaid that you haven't gotten to use yet you're listening to the clark howard show Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.